Hey everybody, this is Jason from Cornerstone Dog Training and CornerstonePuppy.com. Uh, I want to talk today about puppy nipping. Almost everybody that comes to us with puppies say, how do I get them to stop nipping and biting with their razor sharp puppy teeth? So let's talk about it. All right. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I hear, um, I talk with lots of people, of course, and about their dogs and probably a good 50% of people come with puppies probably maybe even a little more say puppy just bites too much Um, and if you've listened to other podcasts I've talked about people coming in literally with blood on their arms and they're even looking me straight in the face and saying oh it's just a puppy thing yeah it is a puppy thing um, but it's more of a manners thing than it is like a puppy, you know, has to do this. Puppy has to chew. We hear that a lot from billion-dollar industries, usually chew toy industry, um, and that's a very convenient convenient thing for people to believe. Um, now, does it feel good? Yeah, it feels good for people to bite their nails too, but um, doesn't necessarily mean it's helpful. So. Um, Let's talk about how to fix this. So I just got, um, I just got uh, on our puppy program. We have a membership page that people sign up for. Um, we send them some tools like a training pouch and a training leash, and we also know that the num- the number one thing that people struggle with that they're worried about when they say, "Well, I'm going to sign up for online training," is being able to actually talk to somebody and say, I've got this problem, you know, this is not every shoe fits every situation, and I've got this problem, and I don't have anyone to talk to about it, and I can't, I'm searching through all of these online videos, and I can't find it, and it's really frustrating, so as part of our program, we have a private Facebook group page that uh, people who sign up go through, and they say, I've got this issue, and, um, you know, a lot of times, it's nice to have a trainer because you know that's always there, but you don't even have access to them during the week, for example, when you're training. You have to wait to get back to talk about it. Right here, it's faster. You know, it's you put it on there, and there's other puppy people on there that are saying, I've got the same problem, or I want to follow this, and um, we do our best to answer it. Sometimes other people have been through the same situation, and or we've taught them the answer, and they hop on and tell people, and that's what we want. We want a community of people that are helping with any puppy problem they might have so that we can just really go smoothly through these years. So anyway, on the Facebook puppy group page, um, I got a message from one of our, our clients, and it said this. I'll read it to you, okay? He said, I'm still in the first training stage. We separate stages into four stages for, for puppies because they're a little, they, they change fast. Um, he said, the biggest problem is how do I get him to calm down and stop biting everyone? Yelping doesn't work. He only listens if I have food in my hand or if nobody else, or if there's nobody else around. I haven't really um, been able to find an answer. And so we, uh, <laughs> I, I hear this one so much. And so if this is you and this is typical, get ready, listen up. And I'll teach you how to, how to fix nipping for real. Okay, but not only that, I want to teach you my formula so that you can really fix any problem. 
And it's the formula I use over and over and over again multiple times a day. When someone comes to me and says, I've got this problem, I use this formula. Like this is, can I call it a secret formula just so that it sounds exciting? This is the formula to get the answer you need, right? And most of the time when we see a problem, it's really hard to see past the problem. I've got, I mean, your finger's bleeding or whatever, and I'd be lying if I've never been bit by a puppy with razor-sharp teeth. In fact, right now, I'm looking at my right-hand pointer finger, and I can see the little centimeter scar where I'm working with a puppy, and I wasn't paying attention as I was talking to the owner, and the puppy hopped up and grabbed the food out of my mouth. Like, I mean, my hand was up pretty high, too. Grabbed the food out of my mouth, totally tore um, a gash in my finger, and the the puppy owner was terrified. They were like, please don't sue us. I'm like, oh, come on, right? Like, this is, this is real stuff. It just happens. You don't sue people for stuff like that. So anyway, I, I can honestly say I've only been bitten by one dog, um, unless you count that puppy interaction, and there's two. Um, but I don't even consider that a bite. It was more me th- pulling my arm away as if tooth was in my finger. That's a bite, I guess. I guess I can't really claim. I, I'll have to say two. The other one um, was a dachshund. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is when I was younger, so when I was earlier on in this situation. So I didn't have as much knowledge. Anyway, uh, nobody likes to get bitten, <laughs> and I don't want you to have to get bitten or your loved one. So this is, this is the secret formula in order to solve any behavioral issue, and uh, we'll, we'll use nipping as an example. Okay, so here's the formula. The formula is, ready? The formula is, first, what are my resources? Such as tools, knowledge, communication, like what do I have that I can use to add to the situation to help out? Second is, how do I use those resources? So what's my technique or my application of knowledge? Because knowledge is no good unless it's applied. Unless you're on Jeopardy, then, you know, you can be Ken Jennings and you're fine. You, then you, you make millions off of it. But even that's probably application. So you've got to know how to apply it. What's your technique? What's your application? So what's the resource? How do I use that resource? And have I been consistent enough? Are you being persistently consistent? So there's a time test, right? Now, the best way as we look through those has to be effective, not just efficient. And what I mean by that is um, there are some methods and techniques and tools that are extremely efficient, um, but maybe not as effective for the long term. And we're not just about a quick answer, we want an answer that's going to be the most beneficial, that's going to be the most healthy mentally, physically, everything. And uh, we don't want to base that on human psychology. Sometimes some people get really bent out of shape because they're saying, my dog is a human, and if you did this to a human, then this would be abuse or whatever. And they make up all sorts of things and imagine all sorts of things. Don't, don't get stuck in that, okay? And I, I, the people with big hearts, that's great. I know a lot of people with big hearts. I'd like to think that I have one. Um, But we've got to be practical here too and be effective, not just efficient, okay? One one example is I know, um, for example, an efficient way to fix something 
is an alpha roll. That's where you take a dog and you roll them on their back and you, you pin them by their neck. I don't, I don't really like alpha rolls. I don't think they're super effective. Efficient? Yeah. If you know how to do them, they're really efficient. Um, and if you have the knowledge behind it and you can, it can get to a point where it's the most effective option depending on some crazy situations. But for most, for most situations, I think there's probably other ways around it that I would consider more effective and not efficient. So that's what I mean by that. We're looking for the most effective, not just efficient. So let's go to this. Again, three steps are what are my resources? How, um, how will I use those resources? And have I been consistent enough? Okay, those are three steps. Um, let's start with the first one. Number one, what are my resources? So you've got tools, your knowledge, your ability to communicate with your dog. For me, uh, I would say your number one tools um, when it comes to this situation, okay, so you've got puppy nipping, you've got a problem here, and we've got to fix it. Your number one tool is going to be um, a slip lead, a training leash. And that's going to be one of the most effective tools here people often say, well, are you using food? Uh, yes, we want to use food as much as we can with a puppy, but food is really, really good. And here's your knowledge part of it, right? It's really, really good to teach a dog to do something. It's really not as easy to use to teach a dog not to do something. So, for example, when it comes to nipping, <clears throat> people will say things like, you know, um, pull your hand back and they'll sit down and then you, you mark it and you give them food. And you've taught them a different behavior. And we'd hope one that's not compatible with nipping. However, just because I can speak German doesn't mean I can't speak English anymore. Does that make sense? So when I teach, when I say I'm going to teach a different behavior, um, that's good, but it doesn't fix your problem. It doesn't take away the ability to do the other thing, okay? Um, now, then we go the, a little further down that road. People will say, well, they just need something to chew on, so give them another tool. Give them, you know, a chew toy. Um, give them a, a bone or whatever. It doesn't work. Uh, again, just because I speak German doesn't mean I can't speak English. Just because a dog is chewing on a chew toy doesn't mean they understand, oh, I chew on this and I don't on this. It, it just, it, I mean, it just doesn't work. And I, I love when I hear that because people come to me all the time and tell me, well, I've done this. And I just ask, did it work? And they say, no, every single time, 100% of the time. <laughs> they never tell me, well, yeah, that solved my problem. It manages it, it doesn't solve it. So we've got food with a marker that's going to help us teach from the back end because we, we want them to learn some other behaviors that will be helpful. There's nothing wrong with learning German or any other behavior, right? Uh, but on the front end, we want to use a correction. That's totally what mom and dog would do, right? If the puppy is nipping mom, she's going to kind of put him in his place and say, don't, don't, don't mess with me, buddy. And so I, uh, mom is usually more effective um, than we are at this. So that's the first step, okay? Now in this, uh, in this message, in this story, he told me that uh, 
that he tried yelping. And I hear this one too, where people learn somewhere, um, somewhere online on YouTube or whatever, they learn that when the dog bites you, yelp really loud, because that's how a dog would tell, uh, would, would, would say that hurt. That was too hard. I don't like it. Um, I haven't ever seen that really work either. My biggest problem with yelping or raising your voice in any way, shape, or form is that you're probably going to raise adrenaline too, which isn't going to be helpful. And with this, the the breed of this dog this man has, it's a herding breed. Um, it's been bred for hundreds of years to be a little more nippy. Um, probably actually the yelping might even make it worse because this dog might say, oh, that's what I was going for, and I got what I wanted. That was the reaction I wanted. So um, don't, don't yelp. Plus, it, it's weird. <laughs> I just, don't do it in public, for sure. It's going to be weird. Um, number one tool is the leash, okay? Now, how do you use a leash? What's your technique? The technique with the leash, this is step two now, the technique with the leash is uh, I'm right-handed, so I'm going to have food in my right hand if possible. If not, that's okay too. Food's my other tool, right? But if not, that's okay. And when my puppy is overexcited and going to nip, I'm going to hold that leash in my left hand, and I'm going to present kind of a target like, like puppy being too excited for food and going crazy for it, or um, whatever it is, even just my hand, if a puppy wants to, to bite my hand and I'm going to hold the leash so it's loose. Okay. This is a slip lead. Um, you might have to look that up if you don't know what that is, but it's basically a rope back around over itself. It tightens in a circle and, um, can choke the dog if it stays tight. And then if a good one's kind of weighted, so they fall open and we want it to stay loose. Like most of the time, over 90% of the time, we want it loose, 99% of the time. We want it to be loose so that uh, when that puppy lunges at your hand, it can go tight and then loosen up again. Now, the goal isn't to tighten it and hold them back. That will backfire on you. You just flick your, le- your leash, your hand, over to the side. So if I had my leash in my left hand, I'm going to flick it out away from my body and then hurry and come back. If a puppy lunges again, flick and come back, flick and come back. I'm not going to let him reach my hand because I don't want blood here. Um, that's not a good idea. But I, I do want to make sure that they, they catch on to this. Now, how hard do you flick? I let the dog decide. So I'm always going to go lighter first. And then if the dog says, oh, yeah, and comes back, uh, comes back hard, then I'm going to double my 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 flick intensity um but again i don't want it to stay tight more than a split second i want it to flick and then loose flick and then loose it's a pressure release pressure release and trust the trust again number one the tool and the knowledge that that will work and uh if you need help on technique that's where the videos really really come in and then i'm going to be persistent this is a puppy so in one situation, you're going to see the adrenaline come all the way down and the puppy will seem to get it. And then 20 minutes later, you're probably going to have the same issue again and you're going to have to be persistent. And you can start to pair that with like the word no. And when your puppy stops moving, you can say yes or mark it with some behavior like a, a clicker and reward. But again, you're, you're, you're working both ends of it. You're correcting 
on the front end, and then on the back end, you're training in another behavior uh, to go with that. Okay, here's another little game you can do, maybe from the back end to help out. If I'm just using food, I'm going to teach my puppy to hold still to get it and to take it soft from my hand. By taking that food, and here's the game, you start going toward your puppy. If the puppy starts coming up toward the food, even lifts their nose up toward it, um, and I want them to hold still, I'm going to pull my hand away quick up to my shoulder. And then as the puppy stops and goes back down, my hand starts coming toward them, kind of slow but not too slow and start coming toward them if they raise their nose pull it away come back and watch your dog start to get it and figure it out they want that food how do they figure out how to get it to their mouth and i will even get up close to their mouth and hold it inches away an inch away and get it so that they won't move toward it and then mark it yes and give them the food and by doing that um, you're working on impulse control at the same time so that's the behavior i would teach I would teach an impulse control behavior, basically not a sit um, or anything like that. Those are all good, but in, to stop a puppy from nipping, I'm going to teach them the very first step, which is you don't come up toward me. I go toward you. And when I go towards you and you hold still, good things happen. And I'm also going to use the leash and I'm going to correct it. So if you're in a situation where you don't have the leash and you don't have food, you're, you don't have a lot of options because your 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 uh, resources there aren't too many um and so you can't then go to step two and use your technique and application of knowledge and you 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 can't be persistent because you have nothing to be persistent with so it kind of starts the foundation is your tools and your knowledge and your ability to communicate pressure release is a great great knowledge to understand with dogs with horses um they get it they understand it and so using a leash that helps there, um, again, our goal isn't real. We're not trying to shoot a fly with an elephant gun here. Um, we want the level to just match and be just enough for the behavior to change. Um, we don't want to induce fear or anything like that, but we do want the behavior to change. It needs to change. So the puppy starts to learn that this is not an appropriate behavior and you start working toward impulse control and both you and your dog have greater freedom moving on. Hope that's helpful. Again, the steps are one, what are my resources? What are my tools, my knowledge, my communication, ways to communicate with my puppy? Two, how do I use them? What's my technique? What's the application of knowledge? And three, am I being persistently consistent? What's the time test? I've just got to work on this over time and I'm starting to see a difference happening. Now, this person that wrote the, the, the email, or the, sorry, the post, um, I just messaged them right before this to tell them I was going to do a podcast on this. And um, he said, it's been like two days, I think, three days. Um, he said, it's working. It's getting better. And part of the problem he has is that he has... Uh, children that just want to play with the puppy and then the puppy gets too intense. That's what it's going to be like until you can use your resources to correct in that situation, but it's getting better. And that's, that's what we want to see. Um, it's not a, a quick fix by any stretch of the imagination, at least for long-term results, but it will help with short-term. So this is kind of a long podcast, but focus on those three things. I've got a problem. What resources do I have? What tools are available to me? 
maybe I need more knowledge because I don't understand how to use this. Start there. Once you figure that out, start working on your physical technique and how to apply that knowledge in the most effective way. And third, just be persistently consistent and you can change about any behavior. Dogs are so cool that way. Go get them. Good luck with your training and have a good, have a great day. Happy training to y'all. Bye now.